Welcome again. We'll start with NCERT Political Science Chapter Three, Class Eight, that talks about why do we need a parliament. Now, in the previous classes, as we have studied, we talked about the process of election, and we said elections are necessary for a government to be formed. Now, this government represents the people's idea and the people's view. So, therefore, the people that you elect would be representing you at the national level. and those people who are representing you and those to those whom you have voted forms the parliament now this parliament is composed of rajya sabha and lok sabha that's the upper house and the lower house so let's understand a brief about rajya sabha and lok sabha rajya sabha is known as the upper house and lok sabha is known as the lower house now in the rajya sabha you have a maximum cap of 250 members of which we say the present rajya sabha has 245 members of which 12 are nominated and the rest are so these 12 who are nominated are from the various fields of art science and literature the the rest of those are elected now lok sabha are directly elected by the people of india from the respective constituencies we look on to the process as we move forward rajya sabha is for a the member of rajya sabha is for a period of 6 years however the member of lok sabha is for a period of 5 years now this 6 years is on a rotating basis that means one third of the members retire every 2 years so there is no full uh, strength that goes to all together so you have one third of the members that would retire every 2 years and then you have new members that will keep coming into rajya sabha so that's rajya sabha and lok sabha lok sabha has a member strength of 550 545 now the basic question is why do we need a parliament this parliament which is composed of lok sabha and rajya sabha which is also known as sansad basically represents the people's view and the people's idea now when we are saying people who form the base of a democratic government have their consensus in the parliament it all started with the rise of nationalism till the time of british period in india what was there was we basically had to follow what the britishers said and there was uh, no freedom no equality and no participation of the common man that was prevalent in the society as a result people felt a need to have a representation so that they could raise their voice and in 1885 with the indian national congress they started or they demanded that the elected members should be part of the legislature later in 1909 that was the government of india act they allowed some of the people for elected representation so with this background we started with the need or uh, the rise of the parliament again as we said the members of the parliament are elected so by elections you have the people who come into power and these people who come into power ultimately help control and guide the government now again as we said most of the people uh, who are part of the parliament are elected few of those are nominated in rajya sabha and all this is done through the principle of voting that's under the universal adult franchise right to vote for all adult citizens now till now the voting was done through the ballot paper however in 2004 electronic voting machines came up for the first time now the best idea of using an electronic voting machine is saving so much of paper quick computations 
quick results and quick analysis so when it came on to saving the paper the statistics showed for the 2004 general elections itself 8000 tons of paper was saved because there was no more need, in, uh, need for printing the ballot papers and around 1.5 lakh trees were saved from being cut and therefore this started up as a revolution and we now work on the electronic voting machines about the composition of parliament we already discussed it's composed of Rajya Sabha and uh, Lok Sabha Rajya Sabha is also known as the council of state or we call it as the upper house Lok Sabha is also known as the lower house or the house of the people. Again, very very important question you must note here. Rajya Sabha is presided over by the Vice President of India or is chaired by the Vice President of India. However, Lok Sabha is presided over by the Speaker. Now, this is a kind of simple objective questions that are sometimes formed. Understanding how the members of Lok Sabha are elected is very very important. Now let's say we have the whole of India here. You have one state. Within this state you have district and within this district you would have separate constituencies. Now this country could be divided into numerous constituencies. It can be composed of different districts, constituency formed by different districts or within a district or a whole of a district. Now these constituencies you have one person that represents each of these constituency and on this one seat you have candidates from various parties. Let's say one candidate from BJP, Bharatiya Janta Party, second candidate from Congress, third candidate as independent, fourth candidate as a regional party. So you have four contestants for example let's say appearing for that one seat. Now the people of the state or the constituency sorry would vote. Let's say this party gets 200 votes, this gets 300 votes, this gets 5000 votes, 500 votes sorry and this gets 300 votes again. So you say that this party would be the winning party and based on the number of votes that are received for a particular party you define that that party has won. Now this party would decide or would have a member in the parliament and this member of the parliament uh, from every constituency finally make up the parliament. So the parliament is composed of the member of parliaments and those are elected by the following process. Now. Again, it's very important to understand that when we are saying that this 500 people who are voting to this uh, group are having this party in representation or having this member in representation, this member would try to raise questions or concerns about the constituency and try to create funds and development in his or her own constituency. So that's the process through which you have the developmental activities that goes on. Now when we talk about the parliament, what are the functions of the parliament? The first and the foremost function is law making, the most obvious and the most common function. So the parliament assists in making the laws. The next is selecting a national government. Now how does a national government is being selected? It's very very important. When I am saying selecting a national government, we already talked about how members of parliaments are elected. Now these members of parliament would sit across all together. Now let's say you have these many members of parliament that are sitting here, of which I say this group belongs to a certain party, 
you have another group belonging to a separate party and another three members to a separate party and another two members and another four members to a separate party now in simple terms i can say these two parties a b c and d let's take them as a b c and d these a and b are at a tie because they have equal number of representation in the parliament c and d are the parties who are losing parties however none of the party here can become a full majority government so to form a government you need a full majority this can be a case of absolute majority where you say let's say there are 300 seats against which you are representing 250 seats and 50 seats by another person so here i say the person who is win the party who is winning these 250 seats would have the absolute majority and would form the government so let's say any party who wins this many seats for example this is a all an example that we are quoting so would win a seat and would have the absolute majority in the government however in this case what would happen in this case there would be a kind of coalition or different political parties would come together and form a group now this group can be a let's say if joins with d would have a majority even if b joins with c that means this coalition government of a and d can work better so this party if it needs to come into power it would have to have a coalition government and that party will try to bring out more subordinate parties or regional parties along with this party so that they can form a majority and once the majority is formed in the government they can establish their own government again there can be case where a and b can merge and they can have more candidates as compared to c and d or i can say a merged with d and c both and has more seats than b so there can be various combinations that we can understand so what is the key idea the key idea is the party here who is having an absolute majority is winning 250 seats and opposite to that party all the parties who are not winning would form the opposition party of which the party which has the maximum number of candidates would be the opposition party so opposition party is the largest party in opposition so let's say out of this 50 you have 40 in one party and 10 in another party so this group with 40 party would be the opposition party because it is having largest number of members that form the opposition now these people together select the executive who finally implement the laws prime minister becomes the leader of the ruling party so whichever party is finally selected would appoint or would have prime minister uh, would nominate prime minister as their leader and this prime minister would further allocate various uh, departments to different candidates and these could be health department it could be education department it could be finance it could be defense and n number of departments now each of these departments would have a minister and then many of the departments also have the minister of state at a subordinate level so we talked about the absolute power the absolute majority government the coalition government where there is no clear majority and one or more political parties come together to form a uh, clear cut party 
देन यू हैव राज्यसभा राज्यसभा इज अगेन वेरी इंटरेस्टिंग सो राज्यसभा रिप्रेजेंट्स द स्टेट मेंबर्स ऑफ द राज्यसभा आर रिप्रेजेंटेड फ्रॉम ईच एंड एवरी स्टेट अगेन राज्यसभा हैज द पावर टू लेजिस्लेट एनी बिल एंड दिस बिल मस्ट पास थ्रू राज्यसभा टू बिकम अ लॉ All the bills are sent from Lok Sabha to Rajya Sabha to become a law. Rajya Sabha can alter the bill, can give suggestions, and can review those bills and send it back for consideration to Lok Sabha. So that's the process that we will understand as we move forward. The next important role of the Parliament is control and guide. Uh, sorry, control, guide, and inform the government. Now here, what could be done? So the first thing that we need to note here is the question R. Question R is the number of questions or the questions that are being raised by the members of parliaments, and they are being asked. They ask the uh, concerned department to answer those questions. So they try to bring in more people, or they try to bring out the shortcomings that government is having, and Uh, bring in more of the people's op people opinion into the system so that is what is question r then again what would happen if there is no opposition party if there is no opposition party the party which is in power can do whatever they want so they were there would be no one to question their rule or question their statements and therefore we require an opposition party in the government so once you have the opposition party it would highlight the drawbacks that are present in the programs in the various systems and the various schemes and it also helps to mobilize the support of the people again in the financial matters it's very very important that you have the uh, approval from the parliament so let's say you have an example from ncrt here now here the minister asked one of the members of parliament asked the minister of women and child development about whether what's the state of the national commission for protection of child rights to ban the junk foods in the school if so give the details and whether the union government has ensured the compliance for the above so these are the questions that are being raised in the question hour and then you have the minister of the state who is coming up with the answers for the same so that's the way you uh, the question the question hour goes on in the parliament now who actually forms the parliament as we said parliament is formed by the representation of the people so these uh, this group of people i would say come from various background some of do, those could be from rural background the others from urban background some of those could be highly literate with post doctorate and doctorate degrees some of those could be graduates or uh, who have just completed their plus 2 since you have no minimum educational standard for that then you have some of those from the majority religious groups minority religious groups or obc dalits so all those could form or could represent the parliament based on the constituency they are coming up from so for example if there is a constituency which is present in a remote tribal pocket so most of the people there would be uh, voting out for either of the tribal person who is being elected as a member of the parliament and therefore they would very well represent that region and bring out the problems of that region now if we look on to the historical perspective and the trend let's understand what the trend speaks 
Now, if we talk about the representation of women in Lok Sabha, it has increased from 5% in 1952 to 11% in 2014 election. So, 2014 was the last general election that we had. So, we are talking about a statistics post-independence after you had the constitution that was drafted till 2014. So, as you can see, the representation of women in Lok Sabha has increased significantly. The next is age profile. Now, this age profile shows most of the people who are in the age group of 41 to 55 years have decreased and you have senior members that are now coming into the political system. That's one of the another interesting uh, statistics. Coming on to the education of the members of parliament. Previously, as you could see, most of the members were either matricul uh, matriculates or graduates. Now you have numerous postgraduates and doctoral candidates who are coming up as members of parliament and the proportion of matriculates is decreasing. So more people are uh, at a higher education level who are entering politics and that's a very good sign of development in a country. So these are some of the statistics that we have tried to introduce to help you understand who actually forms the parliament, what's the composition of the parliament and why different sections of the society are represented into the parliament. So with this we cover chapter 3 of class 8 political science. We will be covering further chapters in the upcoming lectures. So stay tuned, have a good day ahead.